You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We're going to close the book on the Carson Wentz Philadelphia Eagles era today with our guest and co-host of Locked On Eagles, Gino Camilleri. What went down in Philadelphia? What exactly is Indianapolis getting in quarterback Carson Wentz? And what direction are the Eagles headed? This episode is brought to you in part by Built Bar, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You will get 20% off your next order. I am Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter alongside Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. And joining us now is co-host of Locked On Eagles, Gino Camilleri. You can find him on Twitter at GC24 underscore football. Not only Eagles knowledge, but uh, he's in the recruiting biz and he's also a PFF analyst so Gino Jack is, of all trades yeah he's it. doing uh doing everything he's he's an up-and-comer in the football world and uh scouting and I mean all over it next-gen prospects scouts so uh I mean I'm sure you're a busy man I know how long it takes being a PFF analyst in the past and how much time it takes just for one game of information that you're trying to pass on to the next guy so thank you for carving out a little time with us today Gino Oh yeah, I might be a jack of all trades, but I'm not a master of any of them yet. And <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys are you you guys are painting me in a good light, but I'm just trying to step my foot further and further into this football world, and just trying to do it any way I can. And started here on lockdown, so of course I got to give back and keep talking about the Eagles. And what better what better time to do it than right after you trade your former franchise quarterback? <laughs> I know yeah, it's amazing. Obviously. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead I was just going to say, like, how it's amazing how quickly, like, what changes over a 12 month period in the NFL. And you go from a guy who is an MVP candidate and your star franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz that the team traded up to draft to a guy that they can't wait to get rid of and feel like they, they won the trade after maybe getting a couple of day two picks and sending him out of town to the only team that was maybe willing to take him on. Like, how did that process even start? And where was the real peak of the downfall where you started to see this relationship end up in a way that was like, oh man, this might end up with Wentz on another team because it's hard to fathom even just 12 months ago. So Lou and I do a lot of this on our show and we'd like to go back and find the time and place of when events happened because we all thought that Carson Wentz would be here until he retired. We all thought that Doug Peterson was going to be the coach for however many years after he won the Super Bowl. And here we are in the NFL, the NFL standing for not for long and Carson Wentz is on another team and where it really started. And the ultimate, I say straw that broke the camel's back was the Jalen Hurts pick because after allowing Carson for a a smidgen of time to take over the team as his own and have that 2019 run where they go 4-0 down the stretch to work their way into the playoffs. He ends up getting knocked out of the playoff game against Jadavian Clowney. But at that time, Nick Foles wasn't on the team anymore. There were no questions about who the backup was. There were no questions if Josh McCown was going to be the starter. That was never an option. It was Carson Wentz's team. And they brought a veteran back up in there to be the number two. But the second you take a quarterback in the second round, when you need a lot of help on this team, and the talk was they were going to draft Jeremy Chin, 
at that pick, which I was the biggest Jeremy Chin advocate this uh, east of the Mississippi when I lived in New York State. But now you're sitting here and you draft Jalen Hurts, and Carson Wentz was just thinking, okay, you just told me that I was the guy. But now you're drafting somebody else within the top 53 picks of an NFL draft where you just picked me in the first round five years ago. So to not go out and sign a veteran and bring in this high-profile rookie, I believe that just sliced any trust between Carson Wentz and Howie Roseman right in half at that time. Because to look somebody in the face and say, this is your team, and then a few months later go and draft another quarterback in the second round, not not drafting Clayton Thorson in the fifth round, which they did three years ago. This is drafting Jalen Hurts a guy who was a Heisman Trophy candidate, a guy who played at Alabama, played at Oklahoma. This guy was getting talked about as being that next quarterback once you get past the first round. So once that happened, I fully believe that Carson Wentz just did not trust Howie Roseman anymore, and there was a kind of battle between Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman, and now I'm starting to believe that this is all how he's doing, and here we are once again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and and yeah. that's what it has to be. And I said on the show yesterday, maybe all those years ago when Chip Kelly said that Howie Roseman was a problem, maybe Chip Kelly was right, and we were all crazy for calling him wrong. And I'm starting to believe that right now because you had a quarterback in Carson Wentz who was one of three quarterbacks ever in history with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers to go two plus consecutive seasons, so he did it over three seasons, of 22-plus touchdown passes and single-digit interceptions. Also, he was one of the top 15-rated quarterbacks in terms of QBR over their first five seasons, and now he's off the team. It's a relationship business when it comes down to it, and it doesn't matter what position you are. If you can't trust the people in management, I, I don't blame Carson Wentz for wanting to not be on the team anymore. And I myself have quit three different jobs because management has kind of done the same thing and, and treated you like a number. And in the NFL, where these guys are a percentage of percentage of the top players in the world, you have to treat them as such. You have to give them that respect. And what Carson Wentz did, I fully believed he deserved the respect to be able to have this as, quote unquote, his team. But I don't think he was ever given that. Yeah, it's ex- extremely well said. There's a million things I want to talk about, about things you mentioned there. You know, you guys mentioned how you do a timeline to see when things went, you know, astray. It'd be interesting mm-hmm. to do a, a Howie Roseman timeline, but look at it through the eyes of maybe Roseman's part of the problem. You know, like you mentioned the Chip Kelly situation. And when they made the Hertz pick, Jamma Wentz guy. So when they made the Hertz mm-hmm. pick, I didn't like it, but at the time, and I'm sure you remember this better than even I do, I didn't think the Eagles had a ton of needs. Like, obviously, Jeremy Chin would have been useful. But Mm -hmm. on draft day a year ago, I thought they can afford that luxury more than other teams. This is a pretty strong roster. The O-line wasn't shattered yet. They just just traded for Slay. Rager was in the picture. It looked like needs had been taken care of. But do you think at that point they had doubt and Wentz already? And, and that's, excuse me, that's uh, what you would have to go back and look at. And yeah. that's one of those examples that really, when you look at it at that point in time, you don't want to say that that was what they were thinking. But now that he's off the team, you have to believe right. that. Right. You right. have to believe that. And you would be ignorant not to. And and I fully do believe that that was the, the last straw for the Eagles. And 
once they benched him too, I mean, there was no going back. And you said that the Eagles didn't have a lot of needs. And, no, we we didn't. We were a pretty good put-together roster. There were a few holes. But at the same time, 31 other teams didn't have a quarterback in Carson Wentz's situation where he had a, a backup come in twice, one time leading them to a Super Bowl, one time almost leading them to an NFC championship. So he's already in a delicate mental state as it mm-hmm. is, and rightfully so. I mean, the the Philadelphia media is brutal. Philadelphia fans are brutal. That's how it's always been, especially at the quarterback position. So once he finally had his mind at ease, he just got back into a blender. It's like when you're you're driving down a mountain and it's it's real icy and you're like, okay, we we got through the ice and it's nice and sunny. And then all of a sudden another snowstorm comes and you're like, okay, here we go again, right back into the blizzard. And that's what Carson wants went through he just went through a constant mental state where he never was at ease outside of maybe when he was named the starter for Sam Bradford and had that 2016 to 17 run until he tore his ACL and I would love to be in that alternate universe where he didn't tear his ACL he didn't get knocked out of the game with Jadavian Clowney and he was still our starter because there definitely is an alternate universe where that happened and I would love to be there but here we are on earth and once again, Carson Wentz, who we thought was the future, just they completely did wrong by him, in my opinion. I believe that drafting Jalen Hurts, when you look back at it, was the wrong move. It was the final straw that broke the camel's back, and, and Wentz never recovered, and he deserves a fresh slate. He deserves to go out there, and I'm petrified to play Indianapolis in 2022 because wow. look at what they did with Rivers. Look at what they did with Jacoby Brissett. And now you have a guy that has played at a high level with the individual in Frank Reich, who everybody says was responsible for Wentz's success in 2017. That should be frightening to everybody in that in the NFL right now. Okay, wow. Uh, more on that subject with Geno coming up. How confident should Eagles fans be in their new franchise quarterback, Jalen Hurts? Is he their franchise quarterback? We'll check in on draft needs in Philadelphia. I am extremely excited to tell everybody about the newest flavors of Built Bars, and they're fantastic. Uh, If you listen to this podcast, you know I love talking about the peanut butter flavor of Built Bar, but they've taken it to the next level with a peanut butter crispy flavor. 160 calories of goodness for the entire bar with 19 grams of protein and only 7 grams of of sugar. Built Bars are protein bars that feel like you're eating a candy bar. A flash sale for the new flavors of Peanut Butter Crispy and Coconut Puff Bar. Luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow, premium collagen protein blend, 16 grams of protein in the Coconut Puff Bar, only 130 calories and only 6 grams of sugar. Gluten-free, preservative-free for a limited time only one day sale today go to builtbar.com use promo code locked on get 20 percent off your next box of built bars find the flash sale on the new coconut puff and peanut butter crispy flavors at builtbar.com don't forget to check out the latest from the locked on podcast network daily sports News program locked on today. Everything going on in sports that you need to know with local experts in 20 minutes. And Locked On presents more than the game Black History Month special. Matt and I are 
with Gino Camilleri of Locked On Eagles today. Gino, it sounds like you think that it's pretty clear that Carson Wentz in 2021 and beyond is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts in 2021 and beyond. I'll say that Carson Wentz, I believe, is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts any day of the week. I, I was never <laughs> the largest Jalen Hurts fan coming out of college because yeah. when I look at quarterbacks, especially now, and how much crow I had to eat on the Josh Allen situation, I can't look at traits and pass them up. So if you're looking at this class right now, if I'm looking at Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or even Fields, I'm saying that their traits alone are going to push you farther than Jalen Hurts because I believe Jalen Hurts has a capped ceiling. And I, I wanted to tweet this yesterday. I don't know if I should have, but there was a time when Alabama said, yeah, this is the guy that can bring us to a national championship. They sat him for two at Tonga Vailoa. Oklahoma, this is the guy that can bring us to a national championship. They lose in the, in the first round of the playoffs. Now he's here in Philadelphia. Do you really think much is going to change, especially in a building where we don't know what day of the week it is at the quarterback position? I, I need to have a guy with the traits that can go out there and win you games. And Wentz was that guy for so long. And, and let's not disrespect Carson Wentz. I'm not going to take the disrespect that I see because if you went back to 2017 – there was a reason he was the third-rated player, according to the players around the league, and one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL at that time. Things just don't go away like that. I, I, I find it hard to believe that his arm strength and his, his playmaking ability just went away. I believe there were things inside of that building, such as the play design, losing Frank Reich, some of the personnel decisions they made that turned that season awry and turned Carson Wentz's whole career awry but I still believe he's a top 15 talent and if Frank Reich does what I be believe he can do in terms of offensive play calling you might see him as a top 12 quarterback next year and I don't see Jalen Hurts as a top 10 quarterback ever in his career I, I just don't I mentioned I'm a Wentz guy and you mentioned traits his traits are still and probably always will be high level I mean exactly I mean, if Mahomes is an A-plus, he's an A-minus or an A. I mean, like, he is high-level quarterback traits. Um, so, I mean, if, if you squash a guy's confidence in a, in a situation where athletic arrogance is imperative, you're going to have problems. So again, I'm making excuses for him because I really like him. No, I'm, I'm right there with yeah. you because yeah. you wanted him to you, – you said the traits thing. And you look at Pat Mahomes, and, and the world loves these crazy plays that Pat Mahomes does where he's outside of structure, he's scrambling around for how many seconds. Wentz was doing that four seasons ago. Yes, he was. And, and we're killing him now for doing exactly that. They, I equate this whole situation to when Robert Griffin had that great rookie season, and then he gets injured. And they say, okay, we need to take him and kind of hone him in a little bit. It's like a dog on a on a leash. It's like you you can't rein him in because they're gonna try to revert back to their natural natural instincts. Carson's gonna try to make plays with his arms when he shouldn't because he's sitting inside the pocket and he says, I have to be the guy. And that was always his instinct is that I can help elevate this team. And now we're killing him three years later for trying to do exactly what he was so good at three years ago. So that's the double-edged sword you had to walk with him. And the thing is, does Jalen have those traits to where he even can make some of the plays that Carson can? I don't believe he can make some of the throws downfield that he can. He's a more better, he's a better athlete, but we have seen what a 
what you have to do when you have a quarterback that you can only win with a guy like Jared Goff, a guy like Alex Smith, they can only take you so far. And I put Jalen right into that category because until I see it, until I can see his ceiling, which I think he's already hit with his 70% passing season at Oklahoma, I don't think he's going to get better than that. And Carson, I still think has those traits to better himself and better a team. And Man, now throwing to T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman, that's going to be fun to watch him next year with Jonathan Taylor and that good offensive line. It's going to be tough for the uh, the AFC South next year. And good luck to anybody playing against them. Wait till they sign Kenny Galladay. <laughs> yeah, that would be something. <laughs> Give him some weapons. So, Gino, quick question for you then. All that aside, I mean, we're talking about ancient history with him as an yep. eagle. Well, he's gone, and I think I'm sure you realize the writing was on the wall that he was going to get traded. Everyone knew it. Schefter's report did all those things. Are you happy with what you got back considering where, how far this thing went? And, and frankly, I think that conditional pick is going to be a first. I do as well. And I I think that's a a huge condition, but I'm not going to give Howie Roseman any credit in this whole situation, but you're right that as opposed to what they could have done and just, I mean, gotten like a, conditional fourth or something for him if they really had no market how he did stick to his guns and i always use the uh analogy that he's not going to sell boardwalk for the price of baltic ave i mean he he might have done it for one of the railroads with with this price that he got gotta love the railroads yeah you gotta have a railroad in in your hand at one point because it's essential but especially this class and and looking at the eagles outside of just this carson one situation They needed to get younger. They needed to get cheaper. Accumulating draft picks is key for the Eagles, especially when we know that Howie Roseman isn't always the greatest evaluator of talent on day one and day two, so you need more day one and day two picks. I believe that that'll turn into a first, which will be huge, and having that third this year will be huge because I love the safety class. I love the wide receiver class this year, and I think day two is a very good area where you can address both of those areas. But when we're looking at it, You can't win in the NFL without a quarterback. So now we're having to sit here and make the selection at number six of do you take a quarterback or do you go with a guy like Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith who you believe will be Jalen Hurts' guy and you want Jalen Hurts to grow? There's there's so many different avenues here with where this team can go, but at the base of it, they had to get younger and they had to get cheaper, and Carson won't be the first move and the only move that you see from the Eagles in the next coming weeks. See a guy like Zach Ertz will probably get traded. A guy like Elshon will probably be off the team. They need to just keep this youth movement going, and rightfully so. Look at the teams in the Super Bowl. A lot of young players, a lot of athletic players. The Eagles were like a bunch of elephants trying to run with cheetahs for the last three years. They have to get faster. They have to get quicker. They have to get smarter. And I'm in, I'm inspired by what Sariani has said in his press conferences that he believes that he can put a team and players in the right position to succeed. And that's what you need. You need that in the NFL, especially when Howie gives you no choice on who he's going to select in the draft because he has held this team hostage many a times in that situation. Gino, I keep monopolizing your time with a question. Sorry, BP, but I got one more. I just got a th- one more two-parter here. You mentioned Ertz. I'm a little shocked Ertz didn't end up in Indy in this deal. Mm-hmm. And when you consider the return, that's probably going to be the Colts' first-round pick next year. I think that puts you in a good spot to find a quarterback a year from now. Mm-hmm. I agree. I tweeted yesterday that if I had my plan, 
I let Jalen run this season because mm-hmm. as, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of him, evaluation, you have to give players time. You have to give them at least two to three years, and four games for a quarterback is not enough to evaluate him. So I say stick with your guns, draft that wide receiver at number six, or, I mean, if you want Kyle Pitts, who's an offensive game changer, go ahead and do that. And then if you look at next year's quarterback class, it has a lot of that 2018 class feel to it when you had Allen and Baker Mayfield and Darnold. Next year you have Jaden Daniels, Sam Howell, um, Spencer Rattler. If you're a Bo Nix fan, you can go and grab him. Tyler Shuck out of Oregon who just transferred. It's going to be a very deep class there, and you can't just give up on your second-round asset already. I mean, as an accountant, as somebody who wants to get a return on investment – to just give up on Jalen Hurts now after you got rid of Wentz. Right. I, I, you can't just start fresh at the quarterback position. You cannot do that. And give even some still, guys. Yeah, give him some guys. Right, exactly. Yeah. Give him a chance. Give him a chance to succeed. Do what you didn't for Wentz. Go and draft a, a high-end first-round receiver outside of the Jalen Rager pick. But you have a chance with – a roster that still has talent on it. They're they're not like the Cleveland Browns that were 0-16 a couple years ago. They no. still have Pro Bowl players. You're having Brandon Brooks come back. offensive line, doing... finally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Right. We won't have 14 different combinations in 16 games going into next year. So it'll be nice to have that. And you have to see what Jalen can do because I could be completely wrong, and he could be a top-notch quarterback. And I, I hope I am to put my mind at ease. But at the same time, I think draft waiting for 22 to draft the quarterback is the way to go because you waited until February 18th to trade your quarterback. Teams have already been doing their homework on these quarterbacks in this class for months before you. So you're behind the eight ball. And I think that's a very good point to bring up that let Jalen run it this year, bring in a guy like Jacoby Brissett or, or one of those uh, Tyrod Taylor, for example, to kind of mold him and be that bridge style quarterback. And if things don't work out, you're probably picking in the top 10 again next year. So you should be sitting in a position to draft another quarterback then. With an extra first round pick. With an extra first round pick. Exactly. You got that ammo to move up if you need to. Right. I'm with you, Gino, when it comes to quarterback this year. And I've heard some people float that idea of a QB at pick six. And to me, they've already told us what they're going to do. And that's they're going to roll with Jalen Hurts. If that's the case, how do the Eagles attack this draft? Who are going to be the mainstays going forward on offense and defense for the Eagles? And how about that salary cap situation? Will they be able to do what they need to do to put a winner on the field in 2021? Surprisingly enough, after adding Carson Wentz, and maybe uh, if you're listening to Gino here and his thoughts about Wentz and what that could mean for the Indianapolis Colts and some other folks like Dan Orlovsky on ESPN who said that uh, maybe Carson Wentz is going to be the MVP of the league in 2021, the Colts' Super Bowl odds actually did not change at betonline.ag despite the addition of Carson Wentz. 2021 props for Carson Wentz over under 4,000 passing yards, 23 and a half touchdowns, 11 and a half interceptions. The same for Jalen Hurts, 12 and a half total starts for Hurts in 2021. I think I'm taking the over on a lot of those, actually. You can have fun with a number of NFL bets, even though the season is over. College football futures, NBA, NHL, get in on the action at betonline.ag. 
Sign up today and get a free 50% deposit bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Gino, when it comes to the NFL draft, my question is, and I'm trying to wrap my head around the Eagles and a lot of teams as I make this mock draft that we're going to reveal next week, I'm looking at the Eagles, and they did add a couple of picks already, but I'm still, when the Eagles are on the clock at 6, I think quarterback is, and for a lot of the teams in the top six picks, I think quarterback is valuable enough at their spot that if they don't take a quarterback, they should be fielding offers. And I think there will be pass catchers available for the Eagles five, ten picks later even, or maybe even just Mm -hmm. a couple of picks later. So do you think Howie Roseman should be fielding phone calls for the sixth pick and trying to move down a little bit and then still drafting a pass catcher, whether it's one of those top wide receivers or maybe even tight end Kyle Pitts after trading Zach Ertz away, which I assume is also going to happen? Or do you think they should stick there and just draft the top guy on their board at pick six, even if it is a quarterback? And uh, a sub-question to that, should Howie Rosen even be allowed to draft another quarterback? <laughs> I think I know <laughs> that, Yeah, that. that's the question that we need to look at. Are you willing to allow this individual that has steered your franchise wrong so many times in the past few months pick another quarterback, and that's exactly the the question that we should be asking. But you're exactly right, Brian, and sitting at six, you have to look at the teams behind you that are way more quarterback needy than you. The Panthers, Washington's behind you, the Broncos are behind you. We don't even know what's going on with Dallas and Dak right now. They could pick one. Heck, the Giants and the Niners could pick one. So the teams directly behind you, sitting at six, you're in a good situation because if the ball, if the board falls that Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase are gone before pick number six, I'm 100% moving back because you can grab another second or third round pick by moving back three spots. Let's say at number nine, the Broncos want to move up to, to draft Trey Lance at number six, and they'll give you another third or a second and a, a fifth or something along those lines. I'm 100% doing that because at the end of the day, if you aren't sold on your quarterback and you don't believe you have the guy, you don't make that pick in the top 10. That's what top 10 picks are reserved for, our quarterbacks and making sure you have the right guy. So I would 100% be down for moving back and drafting. We're not going to disrespect Kyle Pitts. I completely take away the tight end tag from him. I say he's an offensive weapon, man beater, zone beater, offensive playmaker, because if you were to draft the tight end for the Eagles in a mock draft, the fans would have it at you. But Kyle Pitts is everything this team needs. Somebody that can win those one-on-one man matchups. Somebody that can dominate in the red zone. Somebody that can stretch the field. Kyle Pitts does that as, quote-unquote, a tight end against everybody at his size. And I would 100% be down for that. If you move back to 12, say Jalen Waddle is there, that's always an option. Or, hey, maybe you don't even go offense in the first round and you want to pick a guy like Pat Sertain. You want to have that number two and that heir apparent to Darius Slay. That's always an option. And I think Micah Parsons. I mean, there's a lot. I I wouldn't say Micah Parsons. They don't pick linebackers too early here in Philadelphia. But you're exactly right. You're on to that best player available mentality when you're not draft overdrafting a player just because. And if you were to pick Pitts at six, I could stomach it. But as an accountant, once again, I like to get value for value. So if you move back to pick number nine, I'd be much more comfortable taking him and accumulating a few more picks. You've mentioned accounting a few times. And 
the books aren't looking so great for the Eagles right oh, now. No. I mean, the Saints are the only one in worse shape. They dumped some salary with this Wentz move, not as much as many probably real think that aren't real into this and do it for a living. I assume Deshaun's gone. I assume Alshon's gone. Ertz is probably gone. But are they going to get to the point where they have to do drastic things like trade Kelsey or Fletcher Cox or Graham or somebody like that? Or do you think they can make it work financially? No, they definitely can make it work. They uh, renegotiated Alshon and Malik Jackson's contracts at the at the end of last year. That'll make them movable this year. It'll open up some cap space. Zacherts, you're 100% correct. But they're not in the most dire straits where they're going to have to cut any of those guys. I think okay. the most logical thing to do, especially because they do have a lot of the cap here, is that they will rework some of these contracts to move some of that money forward or, or backwards. So like Fletcher Cox, for example, they could probably renegotiate that deal any day of the week. Same with Lane Johnson or Brandon Brooks. They okay. have pretty friendly contracts to where they could do that. And Howie Roseman's a big kick in the can down the street type of guy. So any way he can move that cap further down the road, he would, he would definitely do that. But like I said, with the whole talent of this roster aspect, you still have Fletcher Cox. You still have Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks. If you want to compete within the next two years, those guys are going to have to be on the roster. It wouldn't be smart to get rid of all pro players right now, and especially when you're going to have a young team. Even if you want them to learn, you want them to learn from the best. So I can't see them doing anything drastic along those lines. I'd say the biggest name that you might see gone is probably Zach Ertz, honestly. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would probably be the biggest one. And then Elshon and Malik Jackson, like I said. But there's always the option that Jason Kelsey could retire. He's been talking about it for a few years now. That's always up in the air. There's a picture after the last game at Lincoln Financial last season that it was Wentz, Jason Kelsey, and Zach Ertz, and they were out on the field until about 2 in the morning. And it was kind of a precursor to where we are today that Wentz is gone. Ertz is probably on his way out, not too far to follow. And then Kelsey, I would say that if he doesn't retire now, that this will probably be his last year before he does retire next year. Makes sense. I'm trying to envision what the Eagles offense will look like next year. If you plug in uh, an offensive playmaker there on the outside to go with last year's rookie and Jalen Rager, and if Zach Ertz is gone, uh, talk to me a little bit about Dallas Goddard. Is he ready for prime time? I've seen people say that if Dallas Goddard got 100% of the snaps in Philadelphia, that they might like him in fantasy leagues over Zach Ertz even. And there's some people that are really high on him. So I want to get your opinion on him and and what that offense could kind of look like next year. Because the way you're starting to paint this picture, I'm thinking, oh man, I guess you, you kind of got to go offense with that sixth pick if you hold on to it there because uh, you're going to need playmakers on offense, right? That's for sure. And the idea of having Dallas Goddard as the heir apparent was was very evident when they made that selection in the second round. And that was one of the proactive moves that this team made in preparing for the departure of Zach Ertz. And when you look at their games, they're both very good players in their own right. Dallas Goddard, though, presents you with a much bigger playmaking ability. Zach Ertz was never the yards after the catch guy, never the guy to break through tackles like a player like Travis Kelsey or Kittle does. But Dallas Goddard does that. The thing, though, with him is he's never been a full-time player and he's never been fully healthy for a season. So if you were to move on with him as the number one, you would definitely going to have to draft another one at some point in this class because behind him you have Richard Rodgers, who's a just a, a veteran that's been around the NFL time and time again. I believe that if Dallas Goddard is healthy, 
he can get 1,000 yards in a season, no questions asked, simply because he's a, a, har- a high target kind of guy. When when he is the only uh, tight end out there, he has gotten a lot of targets in his, in his playing time. And his ability to make men miss, there's a play against Dallas two years ago where they called him on an offensive pass interference play, which was absolutely bonkers. But he made two to three men miss after getting contacted at the catch point and getting his helmet clean ripped off his body and he ran in for a touchdown. So there's not many times you saw Zach Ertz doing stuff like that, but outside of Dallas Goddard, your playmaking positions look decent right now. You can definitely improve. And I'm a big proponent of drafting either Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith at pick number six, but look at your backfield right now. You have Miles Sanders and Boston Scott who have been a, a pretty good tandem back there. And Miles Sanders, who had a down season in terms of receiving last year, I, I can only see him improving come next year, especially with the offensive line getting healthier. You laid that out well. Like, if you just insert Chase, who's my favorite of the group, mm-hmm. everything falls into place, you know, with the skill position yep. guy. And I think Miles Sanders could be a star. I think Goddard could be a star. Last thing I really have for you, Gino, you mentioned you did some work at, at PFF. Do you have any obscure deep diving telling stats for that you dug up about the Eagles through PFF stuff. Ooh, not through PFF, just okay. But, whatever. But yeah. My, but my own numbers guy. Yeah, no, I, I think the, the one about Carson Wentz being a, a three time 22 plus touchdown, single digit interception guys is, is one of the yeah. Yeah. ones I always look at all the time. And, I think uh, one thing that I love to read is um, Warren Sharp, his, his season preview every year. The Eagles have been in man games lost in the bottom five of the NFL the past three seasons. Yeah. So if you're going to look great. at this team and say they don't have a high ceiling moving forward, imagine if they're even 10th on that list and they don't lose all those all those man games. They have a good roster right now. They're not a team picking six that should be picking six. It was a season that went awry. And usually when they pick low, they don't do it for very long. The last time they were inside the top 10 was when they picked Lane Johnson back in 2013. We're almost here a decade later since they were bad enough to pick inside the top 10 outside of their own doing, trading up for Carson Wentz. So if you have a good team and you can get a good uh, strength and conditioning team in there for once, and not lose as many man games, I think that's the key to the season because the NFL comes back to basics. Are guys on the field, are they able to play, are they reliable, do they fit your scheme? I think if you can answer those few questions, you can succeed in the NFL. And frankly, losing guys like Carson Wentz and your entire offensive line and Jalen Rager and the season before that and Avante Maddox and Elshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, this team has lost nearly every playmaker it had, every important position player during some point in the last three years. Mm-hmm. And there's not many teams that had to go through that. You look at the Buffalo Bills this year, for example, making it to the AFC Championship. Their offense was the same offense they started the season with. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 17, they were missing their starting quarterback, starting left tackle. Um, they were out one of their wide receivers, out of running back. So not many teams are going through adversity like this. I would just like to see the Eagles healthy at one point in the next coming years. 100% agree if Hurts is good. 
<laughs> it's always yeah, back exactly. That, if right, Hertz right. is good, that's a huge, <laughs> right, huge, right. huge, huge question. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty huge. big point. Gino, appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you next offseason when they finally fire Howie Roseman, then they get a new head coach, and then they have to draft a new quarterback, and we'll we'll uh, we'll check in with you. No, I'm sorry. Let's hope that's not the way it goes. <laughs> My hair forward. will be all gone before then. It'll be gray and falling <laughs> out if that happens. Uh, it's good. It's a fascinating team, and I'm very interested to see how everything turns out there in Philadelphia this offseason, no longer with Carson Wentz as their franchise quarterback how quickly things can change you can find gino at gc24 underscore football he left twitter but he's back now so go give him a follow at gc24 underscore football and check in with gino and louis dibiase at locked on eagles daily gino i appreciate the time man thank you yeah thank you guys too much it was a good conversation and uh best of luck to the birds going forward Matt and I will be back Monday breaking down the latest around the NFL. I will introduce my first mock draft of the 2021 offseason. Matt will unveil his top fives for NFL draft prospects. We've got free agency trades, and you can start getting your questions in for our Tuesday two-minute drill mailbag at BD Peacock and at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.